Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Doug, I have a vegan problem to uh, ask. Oh, a vegan on. problem. Yep, I like it. Only vegans deal with, as far as I can tell. <laughs> okay. Um, I have in the past complained about bug issues and how I have sought out and found vegan solutions for dealing with bug infestations. Yes. Like, and my big innovation in that department was the vacuum cleaner. You suck them up, and then you can somehow they come out unharmed, and you release this whole swarm of bees and whatever out in the outside of the house. Uh, which because we have we have like a soccer room that I mean we don't get swarms of bees in our house but we have this sort of patio room that you I think busted the screen out of if I recall correctly yeah that's right <laughs> yeah I was having uh, an epic soccer battle with your son <laughs> right. and right. Uh, well, well that I don't know if it was that exact instance but the screens bust out all the time and when we don't fix it promptly especially in the summertime it fills up with bugs fills up with bees and then the kids won't use the room which I think I've mentioned on this podcast before but anyway uh-huh. um, but so what I figured out was you can vacuum them up and then release them and they don't they don't get hurt so i mean most of them don't so now though we have a rodent problem Uh-oh. and yeah and it's getting worse uh it's mice which is better than rats i guess uh and we live out in the country so it's not it's not like they're, they're not as gross to me as like i think if i lived in the city mouses or mice and and rats would be mm-hmm. uh because i can imagine them sort of being just like you know any other animal out there it seems pretty clean <laughs> but anyway, um, they are they are defecating around the house and all different rooms. They're just they're, every night. There's just new new droppings left. Yep. And we don't know what to do. So we got the uh, the you know the no kill traps that mm-hmm. are just these little contraptions that that uh, basically like mouse trap <laughs> they came where they just it's just a little contraption that ends up <laughs> trapping the mouse. Yeah. Right. Um, and then we put them out the next day. And I think they just run a little circle and run back in the house when after we put them out because they're just they're just right back in. And sometimes I think in the kitchen area where the trap is, they they've stopped leaving droppings there, and so but they still end up in the thing, and the droppings are only around the, the trap. So I think they're now only <laughs> they're coming like in to get the it. peanut butter in the trap. They're not they're no longer interested in anything else but what's in the trap. Oh, so, so they are, they are actually eating the peanut butter. Yeah, yeah, they eat the peanut butter and then they stay in there overnight, get a nice warm place to sleep. And then oh wait wait they're getting trapped and then you're releasing them and they're coming back yes that's what I'm saying we put them out and I think <laughs> they just take a little lap and then come back in wherever they get in <laughs> and I think I'm starting they come in so often and it's almost every night that I think they're coming in for the nice warm spot in the trap mm-hmm. and the peanut butter because they're not in the kitchen anyway they're not they're not wandering around anymore they just go right to that so uh, well where are you releasing them. Out in front of the house? I mean, I guess yeah, we can, well, that's your I guess, problem. I guess we can drive them further away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's your big that's your first mistake in mouse trapping. Well, but I think isn't that? I mean, so obviously we don't want to kill them, right? Killing them just feels it just I don't know. Yeah, ethical discussions aside, it just it just feels I don't know. I just don't want to kill things. Sure. Uh, but taking them away from their own home, like so they can't get back. What if they have babies and stuff there? Isn't that mm. worse? Mm, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe now you're gonna make me look bad. But what I, <laughs> what we always do is um, I'll walk like down a whole block uh, to like a stop sign. There's a little field at the end of uh-huh. our street and drop them there. Okay. And um, and I, you know, it's hard to say if the same ones ever come back. Like we have had really, really every winter we've had uh, a small mouse problem mm-hmm. um, when it gets cold, and because I think that they're coming in through our fireplace that's not properly sealed up mm. um and uh yeah anyway so but i, I take them and and they're good for you know uh, maybe even all year but definitely weeks so I, I don't think it's the same ones that are making their way back okay so but that's what you gotta do just take them down take them down the the... what's that you're ruining the mouse family you're taking <laughs> him away from his home you know it's possible i guess <laughs> i guess that's that's a nice that's not a bad solution um what were you gonna do? What do you, what do you do? Well, I I thought maybe a deter I needed a deterrent of some kind, and I think it might be getting a cat, because I, oh right I my daughter is dying for another pet, she wants a, a hamster, 
but I can't. I get, like this is funny. Like just I've never really thought like I went vegan for animal reasons. That was my primary motivator. But I'd never really have like at least back then when I made that decision to be vegan, I didn't care that much about like having a hamster. That wouldn't have struck me as like a, a wrong thing. But now all I can think about is like that hamster being up in her room for 23 and a half hours a day, you know, mm-hmm. in a little cage. And it just doesn't, I don't know, I just would all the time, it would just kind of wear on me that I, I would, wouldn't like that. So it would be a rescue, of course. And so I guess in that way, it's a little bit better. But I just can't, I don't, I don't think I can do it. Somehow a rescued cat that is in our house, you know, can go outside. That feels much better. Um, and it's still sort of able to, we could still travel fairly easily with a cat if you do things right, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, with the apps that are out these days, you have there are apps that like you can fling treats to your pets, like from and Wait, watch what? them on videos. Really? Yeah, yeah. My friend like there's a little them. machine that just like yeah. discharges a, a treat. Yeah, it, it, what? it actually flings it, and you can watch the dog or cat catch it or whatever, and wow. it's right hooked up to the webcam. But anyway, you can uh, you can go away. So I was talking, talking. I was talking to someone yesterday who they said they left their cat for a month. And they just had a webcam. They watched. Everything was fine. The food, made sure the food came out every day. Where did it poop? Well, I'm guessing they had someone come train the, or drain, clean, clean out the, the litter box every day. Yeah, yeah, okay. Every week or something. Anyway, so cat seems like a reasonable thing. And I think, I was thinking that the cats would just kill the mice. And I'm like, well, I don't know if that's better or not. Because they're just, it's nature doing it, I guess, instead of us. But, uh, but I think they actually deter them. I think they, maybe they do kill one or two, but then the mice stop coming. They yeah. Deter. I think that's right. I yeah. Oh yeah. I, well, I think I think getting a cat is a much better solution than um, than dealing with mice every year. <laughs> I love yeah, that idea. Right. I do too. That's also, also like the most vegan I, solution ever. Is like, you know, how do we not kill an animal if we get another animal? Right. Rescue kind of imprison another animal, but at least at least we'll be a rescue, so it wouldn't mm-hmm. be helping him. Um, yeah, and I, I just wanted other other deterrents. Like maybe there are other things that will just make the mice like if, if I put the smell of. I don't know eucalyptus around my house. Would they stay away from that or something? I don't know. Good question. I mean, you, I mean, the best deterrent is to figure out how they're getting in and and seal that up. That's true. That would be good. Mm-hmm. What if you put the traps like next to the door or something, and they just like you know got a little comfortable, cozy, but then didn't go all over the house? So you know? to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. Uh-huh. But I don't want to have to empty the mice out every day. No, it's also not that nice of a thing. As someone who has had mice and rats in their house, rats in D.C., mm-hmm. rats are significantly worse yes. than mice. Mice, mice are, are no big deal to me. Yeah. I mean, I don't want them. You know, like I, I actively try to get rid of them. But it's really, I really don't mind the mice running around the house. I don't like cleaning up their poop around the house. That, yeah, That's yeah, gross yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we should probably move on. From- <laughs> <laughs> that was a good story. Well, keep us updated on what you do with the cat. Yes, I will do that. Mm-hmm. I'm allergic to cats, by the way. That's that's also a major problem ah. with that problem, with that solution. But there are some hypoallergenic cats you can get, mostly. So anyway, <laughs> I will keep you posted. Um, all right, Doug, we're doing our New Year's episode, which we pretty much do every year, I think, just because yeah. I like New Year's. It's one of the holidays that I get very excited about, mm-hmm. along with Black Friday. Uh, <laughs> so we tend not to miss the opportunity to do a New Year's episode. Uh, and usually we just kind of talk about what our resolutions are, any sort of maybe new issues or insights or things that have that have come up around this New Year's. So this year we have uh, we have no shortage of, of things to talk about as far as a different type of New Year's. Uh, twenty twenty was twenty twenty, and you know just made things entirely different. I mean I, I don't know who actually I guess I probably had more success at my New Year's resolutions than than almost anyone because all my stuff was kind of like personal like want to learn this want to do this want to have more time to cook more and do it and so like i was able to do all of those things um some travel plans got disrupted and many other things got disrupted uh but i guess it's it's a weird year in that like anyone who would have had a big race goal or or, Mm -hmm. uh travel goal or who knows something that just required interaction with people and uh going traveling uh you know just it just didn't happen couldn't happen and so that that's sort of an interesting thing on its own is like what how's that feel having your big goals be disrupted especially if you were maybe making because certainly there were some people who probably had their best January and February ever and were really really on track and then suddenly can't do it anymore which is no good right having a marathon be canceled or or not not canceled but if you get an injury or something that makes it so that all your training was kind of for nothing yeah um, that's that's a big psychological thing to deal with mm-hmm. so anyway. 
Um, all of that just sort of colors the New Year's discussion. And uh, we just wanted to, I mean, really just have a New Year's discussion and talk about where our minds are and what we're thinking as far as next year plans. Should we should we even be making plans? Not travel plans per se, but, but uh, it's, you know, now that we've seen it, like, totally unknown, unexpected things can happen. Is it even worth us trying to plan what we're going to do? Or should we just fly by the seat of our pants? Just, every day? Well, I, I, so I'd say that was the biggest lesson for me out of 2020. Um, I mean, 2020 was, uh, you know, I mean, it was a challenge for everybody. Certainly a challenge for me. And, you know, a lot of a lot of things that I wish would have looked differently uh, in this mm-hmm. conversation. But um, the the how quickly things can change, I think is, is the biggest lesson for me, um, that to come out of 2020 around goal setting anyway. And that, you know, just, I was having a good January, February. I'd say I really was kind of, uh, approaching the year in a different way and feeling pretty positive about that. You know, I was, uh-huh. I was, I was training all right. And, and, um, you know, just in general health and fitness was, was, um, feeling really good. And, um, and then everything changed, and uh, that switch, that you know, leaving my routine and leaving the comforts that I, um, you know, had come accustomed to, and just you know, t- changing how we were sending the allies to school and all that stuff, mm-hmm. um, it just totally derailed me, and, and it derailed me, you know, basically all year. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I really like I never rebounded when it came to fitness. I never got back into a lot of the routines that, that I had at the beginning of the year that I was feeling good about. Um, you know, I'd say it, it was not a good year at all for me as far as personal development and, and, uh, just kind of growth in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I, so I think the big lesson out of that was to like, um, I mean, I don't know how anyone could have really expected what happened cause it's, uh, or anticipated or planned for what happened because it was just so, so wild and, and not uncommon. Um, but, but I think, you know, planning for the unexpected or just having, having ways to regroup when things go astray, mm-hmm. um, I think is, is a, is a valuable lesson that's come out of this for me. Yeah. And, and so even if you didn't have like definite ways, like you didn't have a backup plan that I'm, here's what I'm going to do if things mm-hmm. don't go this way, I think you could have a general, um, I don't know if detachment is the right word or the right concept because it's not usually used in this way. Uh, but kind of a an attitude that says, these are my plans. This is what I am really committed to doing. But I'm also not married to the idea that it has to happen because we've seen that it, it, things just might prevent it from happening that aren't. Mm-hmm. Or that it has to look a certain way. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. if, I mean, maybe your goal is to run a marathon and there's really no other way that a, running a marathon can look like if that, if your goal is to really like cross that finish line, right. but if your goal is to, you know, tr- go through a training process that is uh, maybe in the most intense training process that you've gone through, or if your goal is to, you know, reinvent your, your health and, or your, you know, your nutrition and, 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 and you know, you had a vision for what that would look like. And now you're having to cook, different meals for everybody and yada yada like if you can if you can separate from the like the result or the i guess the uh the what you pictured at the beginning Mm -hmm. and um and you know really think about what it is you're trying to actually achieve the the end result that you were trying to achieve and and if there's a way to um to do that in in the new circumstance in the new situation i think uh you know that that could be powerful but that's hard that's really hard to do right i mean if you if you have a vision for running a marathon and, and suddenly like you know, there's no marathon to run or, or it's virtual or whatever. I mean, like it's, it's hard to, hard to have that intense training block with no big yeah, reward. Yeah, it is. But I, I do think there's something to that. I think that is, is kind of the answer. And actually that, that was something that came up in my situation as well. Um, because when like, I, I guess for, I guess there might be some people where marathon is a bucket list item and, that's it. It, it just, like that's the only reason they want to run a marathon. It it doesn't have to do with the way you grow in the process of training, the fit, not just the fitness you gain, but but you know what it what it means that you were able to put yourself through the training it takes to run a marathon without without you know obviously you can you can do a marathon without training 
and the result is is a disaster but it can be done but <laughs> yep. but but that's what i'm saying like i don't think most people want that they right they want to actually have gained all the things you gain in the process of training for a marathon and then you get this nice little prize that says you did it but mostly i think people want the other stuff mm-hmm. uh, and so i think that would be the great secret if we could all master that which is just being okay with the you know understanding that what we're doing it for is not the actual you know visible thing that you have a marathon finishers medal mm-hmm. uh but that's like you said that's very very hard to do um i so i i arrived at this by wondering about this idea of like it because i've heard before i think tony robbins says that that progress is equal to happiness in, in many many ways like that if you look at what makes people happy it's it's not are they achieving goals it's are they making progress to something so if you're feeling every day like you're making progress towards something that is important to you, then I think you are, and I, I actually have kind of observed this this year, uh, that can can make you happy even when there isn't really, I don't know, there, there's no payoff at the end of it. Um, and so specifically, the way this came up for me with, was with uh, with like learning languages. I, I had started the year saying I really want to learn Spanish. I would get my Spanish to be really good. Uh, and it was already decent, but I wanted to make it really, really good. And I wanted to learn Italian. So I spent the first, I don't know, after quarantine started, I spent probably the first two or three months of that really, really doing a lot of Spanish. Uh, did the did the conversations with the person on italki.com, uh, watched a bunch of Spanish Netflix, and like got to a point where I was really, really sharp with my listening and speaking and all that. Um, and then I dove into Italian and like kind of let go of the Spanish, just sort of forgot about it. Uh, mm-hmm. because I was so excited in something new. Uh, and I, I'm realizing now, like when I look back at the end of the year, cause, cause I, I don't know, every year I sort of fantasize about like how great I'm going to be at learning stuff and how disciplined I'm going to be. <laughs> and, like, and like this year, I actually, I wasn't that disciplined. It was just that it was really easy to do because there was so much time and there was nothing else going on. So suddenly yeah. anything that would have distracted me from that was gone and i could just do that and a billion other things like it which i'll mention later um but here's what i was wondering i spent those first three months learning spanish and i and i was loving it and i was watching a bunch of netflix in spanish and i was starting to understand it really well and it just in the moment felt amazing it was like wow this is so cool like i'm actually observing myself getting better and then i did the same with italian got those same good feelings of learning it doing it every day but in the process forgot a lot of the spanish or, or I should say, I should say, my Spanish abilities dulled. I didn't forget that many words or anything. But just, you know, if I tried to watch the shows I was watching now, if I tried to watch them now, what I was watching then, it, uh-huh. I'm sure it wouldn't wouldn't be good. I wouldn't be able to observe, know what they're saying, and I'm sure I would feel kind of disappointed in like, wow, I can't believe I sort of let that go. So then I was wondering, like, I, I don't know. I felt so good while I was learning that stuff, and I felt so good while I was learning the Italian. Is it a bad thing that I that there was no result to the to the Spanish, right? Like I didn't I didn't get to travel to Spain and use that heightened level of Spanish. I yeah. I just was so happy with the learning of it, but now that it some of that has has disappeared, like does that mean that time was wasted that I spent learning it, and that I've now lost? And by the way, that's another thing I need to I've realized I need to be better at is like when you move on to a new thing, I need to make sure that I have something in place where there's like a infrequent revisiting of something that I've left behind, so that mm-hmm. I don't lose it, but. The big thing that I was wondering is like, I, I don't know. I think that's, it's, for me, that was such a perfect example of progress equals happiness, even when there's no goal. Because in this case, a lot of what I spent time learning evaporated. But yeah, but I got to be very happy while I was learning it. And I got to feel fulfilled and like. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. I think, um, you know, I, I think that's a, a mature i don't know if that's the right word but a mature way to 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 set goals um and you know that that goes back that reminds me of uh an episode we did a while ago on like like fully understanding my why around um running a 100 miler Mm -hmm. do you remember that um you know it was was kind of mid-run i was going up this mountain you know, really struggling. And, um, and, you know, I just was like thinking to myself, you know, like, why am I doing this? Like, what, what, why am I really doing this? Because I've already run this race. Um, you know, I might PR it, but like, that doesn't really matter. It's not going to be like a whole hundred mile PR, you know, it's not a new distance. It's not nothing like there's nothing 
the result, you know, I'll finish, but the result isn't um, something that's really exciting. But it was the process of the training, it was the process of the race, it was the process of what, uh, you know, that whole 100 mile experience, you know, how it made me feel and, and how, you know, what, it, who it made me be and all these things like that, that was, that was the why, like that was the fulfilling part. And, um, and I think that it sounds kind of similar to what you're saying about, you know, about learning the language is, you know, it's the experience of learning the language and, and you, you bonus, you, you are learning things and you'll retain that. And next time you do go to Spain, you'll be in a better position than last time. And, um, you know, I mean, you know, there, there are benefits to learning that of course, but like the whole process is the, is the real reason why you want to do it. Right. I think, I think that is what's so important and still so hard to believe or get your head around. This is, this is back to the marathon training, right? It, it's, it's about the process, but I think a lot of, I think, and maybe you can get to past the point where you don't need anything but the process, which mm-hmm. would be a very enlightened way of being, but, yeah. uh, but maybe that's possible. Uh, but anyway, so I, yeah, I mean, super interesting to me, just this thing, uh, isn't Rich Roll's been saying that forever, right? That it's all about the, the journey or the process or whatever. Yeah, probably. sounds like a ritual thing to say for sure. He beat us to it, Rich. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, but you know, but I mean, I think that that's, uh, that is an enlightened way to approach life in general, probably. Um, but certainly around goal setting and, uh, but that doesn't mean that you can't have concrete goals too right i mean that doesn't mean that like i mean language is a hard one to have a concrete goal with i guess um but you know like just because you love the process of of running 100 mile it doesn't mean that you can't then set a goal to have your fastest 100 mile or to you know to do something different you know we said this a very long time ago on this podcast i think it was 2015 uh i know that because i was living in a different house after our house was flooded and i know that was 2015 um my that idea house? what my grandmother's house this was right before i moved in there this was okay. we, we recorded this one when i was in my friend friend's house oh. uh but anyway what we said what, what it was was that the see i don't remember what how to specifically word this this valuable lesson but it had to do with it was it was saying have really big giant goals uh that that you're using for this reason because they give you a reason to want to do the process but untie untangle those the achievement of those goals from your happiness so Mm. you have these really important goals i mean that are important because they're motivating you to act and and learn and train or whatever Mm -hmm. um but but realize that your happiness doesn't depend at all on actually getting them it just depends on doing the steps towards them Man, that was that's some wise advice. That's good. I know. Good advice. <laughs> I know. I think that that was from Vishen Lakiani from Mind Valley, and I don't know where he, I'm sure he got it from somewhere else too. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's what it's all about. But it's, it's okay. Not so we didn't we didn't write that advice. We're, you didn't. No, you didn't. no, that was oh, not my oh, advice. Okay. That would have been I was going to say maybe we peaked five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I I do think it's very important advice. Uh, I wish I had knew the name of that episode. I think I, I think if you Google Nomad Athlete, like untangle your happiness from your goals, you will probably find. Uh, the the show notes and the, the link to that episode. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so to change it just a little bit here, the subject or the the subtopic, um, I as we talked about about six months through and at the beginning of the year, I was doing that game where I where I was writing down and I was giving myself a little you know imaginary point every time I did a certain activity that was one of like certain categories that I had said these are things I want to do more of, um, cooking a meal, planning a meal watching a movie with my family or by myself because I just wanted to feel more things, uh, play games with the family. Uh, I mean, all kinds of things. Learn, you know, t- read feel a book. more things. What does that mean? I don't, I don't, I think I'm such like into like intellectualizing and learning stuff. I just don't really like, I don't know. I like, I like movies because they make me like feel sad or feel scared or feel like, uh, I don't know. I, I just understand. feel something. I don't, I don't feel that much in my life, um, <laughs> which is the problem. And, and something I've actually realized at the end of this year uh, because my, so I, I had some health scares, not in my, not in my household, but in my, with my parents, uh, and some other relatives. And I, I just had, I found it really hard to tap into those feelings. So it, it actually got me thinking about stuff and has colored a little bit my, my goals, resolutions, thinking for next year. But anyway, um, I had all these, had all this list of things that would get me points and the points weren't for anything other than I was thinking to that I would put a 
paperclip or something visual into a into a jar, and I would see these points accumulate, so I could view my my results stacking up, even if there was nothing otherwise to show for it. Kind of as we talked yeah. about with no marathon medal. Um, and in a way, that worked really well. Like it, it was really effective at getting me to actually do stuff. And I have this list now. It also helped that that this quarantine happened and that we weren't leaving the house anymore. Because then I was only doing this stuff uh, along with work. But like that was what all I was doing for many hours a day was these things. Uh, and it was cool. I did all these things. I read lots of books. I just did a ton of things that I had never made the time for before. Um, and then I stopped it six months in and said I was going to change it and I was going to focus more on, you know, kind of like interpersonal and like. Um, I don't know. Per, what's the word? Um, like ways of being, like sort of Ben Franklin's 13 virtues list we talked about, where like you notice yourself being a certain way or not being a certain way, and you make a point or give a mark for that. Uh, and I was going to change it for that. And I, I never really, that just never went anywhere. It led to a bunch of thinking about that, but it never, I never actually started a game or goals with that. Mm. Or anything. Okay. Um, but anyway, the, the whole point of that is just to say that like that whole system was successful and a lot of those things that i was doing then were the things that i had said i want to do more of this year in 2020 before we knew what 2020 was going to be like um but if you will recall i those were my enrichment habits i said these are the things that will make me like feel like i'm kind of growing but i also have all these other habits that i just want to be doing because they're healthy and i called them the operating system habits i think they're good for me even if they're not the most fun thing to do i was terrible with those this year I, I did nothing with that this year. I mean, I, I let my fitness go. Um, I meditated for 40 days straight in this one program. But other than that, I didn't do a bit of it. Uh, I drank more alcohol. I, I had intended to not drink nearly as much alcohol this year as I did the year before. And I think I drank more alcohol this year than I did the year before. Uh, I think most of us did. Yeah, yep. I, right. So I kind of have an excuse on that one. But the point is, the things that aren't fun, I, I didn't do at all. I was awful at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's funny to compare that to me. For me, now, I guess I guess the COVID situation like it, it added stress, and maybe for me it added more stress than I realized, and it, and it just made it harder to do those things that required willpower to do. Um, but it's interesting for me that, that, that I had a year that was like an amazing year as far as not a lot of things obviously external were not amazing, but but when I just think of me in my house doing stuff as far as checking off things that I wanted to do. I mean, I've never had a year like that before, and yet I was also really, really bad, historically bad, at these healthy kind of good habits that I don't feel like doing, but I should be doing. Hmm. And I, at the end, I just bought a book uh, by this guy named Pavel, P-A-V-E-L. Uh, I don't know why his last name is not included in his books, but it's not. <laughs> uh, okay. And he's a kettlebell guy. He's a Russian kettlebell trainer, and he has this really simple workout program. And I was reading it yesterday, actually, and I got a kettlebell. Uh, and I'm super excited about that for next year uh, to do this kettlebell workout. That is just just two exercises. And you do, I think the goal is to get at a certain weight, uh, 100 kettlebell swings with each arm, no, 50 with each arm in 10 minutes. And these Turkish get-ups, they're called, where you lay on the ground, you stand up with a kettlebell in one hand. Uh, 10 of those in 10 minutes, five per side. So one per minute. And then you could, you know, you do five on one side and five on the other side, alternating, of course. Yep. But that's all you do. And he says, don't look at this. Like your training sessions aren't trying to get the number of reps in. They are, he said, you treat this like if you're learning a musical instrument. You you set aside 20 or 30 minutes to practice that day, to train that day. And you're just, you're not being distracted. You're not listening to a podcast. You're not taking bathroom breaks. You're just there to focus and train and do this. Which is very, very different from any kind of workout I've done before, where it's like you get to get these things done, check these boxes, and then no matter how you did it, it's fine. You just you just do it. This is so much more like basically the the process we were talking about with the language learning, and yeah. the, it's this sort of I don't know. It's the process, right? It's like getting more out of the process than just checking boxes and saying I did my workout today, right? Um, right. And so what I'm thinking is maybe the secret. Maybe this is the big answer, is you have to make those exercises, or the sorry, the uh, operating system, the habits that you don't feel like doing, you have to find a way to make those as meaningful as you know your practices that you really care about. Because suddenly, and I don't know if it will last, there's plenty of things I've talked about on this podcast where I'm super excited and then they don't last. That, that's, that's no secret. Uh, 
But I just wonder, like, is is that what it is? Like, do you, and I mean, people have been saying that forever. If you want to eat healthy, you have to make it a lifestyle, not just a diet. But I think that that's that's what I want to really focus on this year. Is like I have some things that I want to do, like fitness, that I know I need to be better at, and just will be happy later if I am better at that this year. Um, but I think they need to be embraced like a practice, not just done as a as a matter of you know routine. It makes sense to me. I mean, I like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get Good. you know. I, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I, I like the I like the idea of. Um, I really like the idea, and 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 I would say that um, in many ways, this is when I'm at my best with running. It's the same way. Um, is like <clears throat> instead of trying to set, you know, achieve a certain amount of miles that during that run or a certain pace or something like that, but if I can just go run and uh, and enjoy it, you know, mm-hmm. for 20, 30 minutes or whatever, or or longer, um, you know. But if you're doing that same thing with with kettlebells, um, you know, just it doesn't matter how many reps I'm doing, it doesn't matter like what the result of that particular workout is, but you know, but I'm doing it and I'm getting better at it and getting stronger at it. Right. I mean, I, I think that that makes uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. And you know, it, part of the when it comes to the operational stuff, when it comes to fitness, when it comes to nutrition and meditation and all that thing is, is, um, is as soon as you're not achieving the result that you want, it's easy to let that slide. So if you're really eliminating the result, you know, and it's more about just doing it, then, um, then there's less pressure to, you know, make sure that you're hitting your splits. There's less pressure to, make sure that you're meditating or that you're clearing your head completely during your five minutes of right. meditation, right. you know, uh, and that's just a much more comfortable way to like do it. And, and you're probably going to, because you're, you're taking off that pressure, it's probably going to have better results. Yeah. It's also boring though. That's the thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you don't have, and maybe as, maybe as you get older, by the way, I'm turning 40 in uh, a week. Yeah. Uh, and that, that has also like made a big impact on just the way I've thought about things. Cause I can think about my whole thirties. Like, I don't know. I did a lot of stuff that I'm very proud of and happy with, but I don't know. You just, you just realize that the way you, and I, I just think of, like I said, so many things where like, I was going to do this and I started it and then I just stopped cause I just didn't, didn't, pers- mm-hmm. didn't have what it takes to stick with it. Or I didn't want it enough or I didn't design the way I was going to do it the best, you know, lots of things. Um, but so this all sounds great. And, and as I get older, I'm definitely more able to do this focusing on the process rather than caring about the shiny object or whatever at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely easier as you get older because I think you gain perspective and, and you just start to understand that, first of all, you understand that certain things are more important than others. Um, but you also gain, I think, a little bit of, of discipline and, and, and appreciation for things like the process. Yeah. On the other hand, what you just said sounds like this great, wonderful, balanced life where you have no goals and you just do these activities but like i don't know it's it's, it's not gonna last right like you I, you have like i said you have to have those goals that make it exciting that well that give you the process to appreciate i'm gonna push i'm gonna push back a little bit on that because i think that um you know you might not have the goal right you might not have or the immediate goal like of every single workout but you're gonna get stronger right i mean you're yeah, gonna like definitely. you know after week one, you're going to feel one way. After week four, you're going to feel a totally different way. And that that's going to feel good. I mean, you, you know, you're going to end a workout and you're going to say, wow, you know, I'm so much stronger than I was four weeks ago. Um, I can do this so much better. And that's exciting. That's kind of motivating because I'm just going to keep getting bit, better and better. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, and you can have goals within that, right? Like I can, and you do in this program. It's, he has, the goal is eventually to lift, the, I think, a 70 something pound kettlebell, which is some amount of kilograms, 40 or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. maybe 32, um, you know, to be able to, to do exactly the work that I described with a 70 pound mm-hmm. kettlebell and like that, that is the goal. And so you can see yourself moving towards that. Right. I guess it's, but that goal has no meaning to me, you know, like, I, like <laughs> I want to be strong. Like, I don't know. It, I, I want the results of that. I don't really care about being able to do that particular thing, but maybe you learn to care about that. I, I mean, I could see myself learning to really care about that. If I, if I was good for a month or two of doing this, like I could see that being a really exciting thing to imagine getting to another level with it. So, so this this I think transitions pretty well into my New Year's resolution, which okay. um, I have two. 
and one is like super duper vague and uh, probably not a good way to set a resolution, but it's more an intention and, and, um, and I'm hoping that it would lead to something if I can kind of use this mindset. You, you said know, super vague? Vague, yeah. Okay, I think it's vague. Okay, I get it. Oh, no. Vague. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I'll start. Well, maybe I should start with the really um, uh, result one, result-driven one. I don't know. Okay. okay. By the way, for, for a tiny bit of context, I think you and I at the beginning of this year, before we knew it was going to be COVID year, uh-huh. we, we noticed that the big thing about our goals that was different from before was that they were... Yeah. somewhat more vague than they weren't accomplished this specific thing. They were do more of this activity mm-hmm. or things. And so that was, that was interesting. So just, just providing that bit of background because now you've got a vague one and a specific one. So that's- yeah. And well, and, and I guess they, they could potentially go together pretty well, but um, anyway, so the, the vague or the, I'm sorry, the intentional one, the result driven one uh, is to be able to do five pull-ups. I've never in my life oh, been yeah. able to do five consecutive pull-ups and okay. I've never been, I don't think I've ever been able to do more than three. So, um, what kind of that's pull-ups is that, this? like chin up pull-ups or hands facing away from you. Hands facing away from you. Okay. Yeah. Those pull-ups. Are yeah. Okay. Um, and, and so I've been like, <laughs> every time I go to the playground with, uh, with Eliza, I always try to do some pull-ups on like the, the monkey bars. Oh, yeah. And, um, <laughs> and every every time I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> but then I never do anything about it. Like I never do any sort of like training or anything about it. It's just like once or twice a week I'm at a playground and I'm like, I wonder if I can do more than a couple of pull-ups. <laughs> and I can't. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, for some reason, I just, I'm not getting better at it. Can you take a <laughs> selfie of this next time? Or have someone take a picture of all these kids playing and you <laughs> sweating on the pull-up? <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, so that that is uh, a very result driven goal. I want to mm-hmm. be able to do five by the end of the year. Okay, do you have some plan to do it, or you just that's just right now that's just setting the intention. Yeah, just setting the intention, okay. or you know, but but I'm making it public, and I don't I don't really have a plan, but I'm I'm gonna like you know do some research on the best way it is to do it, and, and really try to follow a okay. plan. Good, cool. Um, but then, so the other like more broad one is um, the best, my best in this year, in this past year was when I had um, really good routines. So this was actually probably, uh, you know, the first couple months of quarantine um, before we had our baby, before we, uh, you know, kind of before the the yoga studio, you know, was in a lot of trouble and, and all that stuff. So, um, you know, really those first couple months when, when it was all fresh and new and, and – um, you felt like you had all this time. Like that was, that was what it was for me. So, um, I, when I had, I had great routines. I was, I was, uh, spending at least 20 minutes putting practice disc golf putting every day. Mm-hmm. I was waking up early and, uh, and doing some work before, like before anyone else woke up. Um, I was, uh, um, on the weekends I was taking time to do some woodworking stuff and to continue developing those skills as like setting aside time throughout the day. And then I had like goals on the weekend or like things that I did every single weekend. Um, and just like had a really good flow and a really good routine. And, uh, now I don't have any of that. And part of that is definitely the baby. I mean, the baby kind of screws up everything. Um, but she's getting at a point now where she is sleeping more consistently. <laughs> doesn't screw up everything. I mean, but screws up routines. My life. Kids screw it all up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, but routines are hard. Yeah, episode, with a, with episode on parenting, by the way, no one. About how, uh, <laughs> about how they come along and screw everything up, and then and then over time they become the best thing. You know, they make it all. <laughs> yeah. Worth it. Um. So, uh, you know, so but now she's like getting in a little bit more consistent sleep patterns and things like that, and 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 Katie and I are like in a better like routine with her. So I feel I'm feeling the space to be able to do that, um, and it's only going to increase as time goes. So, um. Yeah, so I, I want that like daily putting practice. I want that daily run or workout or whatever. You know, I want um, you know more consistency and routine around the meals that we're cooking and all this stuff. So like this is very broad, but what I think it, but where I think I'm going to start is just like with one thing, try to form that small habit and then develop another one, and you know, and mm-hmm. move on from there. So um, and it's very broad, and there's no like end result in there, but. Um, that was when I was my best in 2020, and uh, and I want to get back to there sooner rather than later. Cool, good. You need the paperclip game. I know. I, I mean, it sounds kind of like that, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I mean, that is that's 
first of all, I like those goals. I think that's really great. I think that is a that's something I am hoping to do this year, and I have not set mine at all formally. Uh, but I want to not overcommit to things, and I like I like what you have there. Where some one of them is fairly vague, a lot of improvements that can happen within that, and one of them is really specific. Uh, that that doesn't have a lot of wiggle room for whether or not you did it. Uh, so I like that. I like I like that it is relatively small in terms of number. Um, so I had, as I mentioned, this paperclip game, which was something of a system. It was very loose, vague system. Not vague. It was a system because I was getting points for all these things and and it, and it worked. Uh, however, when I look back on this year, well, it taught me a whole lot of things. But I realized like I I did a ton of stuff as I mentioned. Um, but I didn't do any of it with any order to it. I kind of just, I just did it. I just did what I mm-hmm. felt like doing. And no one knew that we just, this was going to last the whole year. I wish, I wish I would have had a, a better system. I wish, I wish now I was looking back and saying not that I spent all these hours learning Italian, even some German I learned, uh, Spanish, the cooking, the, the, the movies, the game, all these things that I, that I'm happy that I did the reading, um, I wish I would have like, oh, and the piano, by the way, I didn't mention that. I got the piano started doing that. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. But it was all haphazard. Like it was like, I would just feel like it one day and start doing it. And then I might do it for a month in a row. And then I would just kind of stop doing it. Mm-hmm. I, and I didn't, I don't know. I just, I wish like, had I known this whole year would have been this much free time to do these things. Um, I wish I would have like experimented with different systems for them and I'll, there is still time to do that perhaps because we're not out of this yet um and that's kind of what i want to think about next year uh because i have and this is also what has come with age is like i i realize that when i get into something i'm really really good at focusing zeroing in on that thing and doing i can do just about only that thing like i don't need anything else i can, I can do it all day long when i'm that into something I've, get, I've seen it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't get bored of it. I just it's just all I want to do. Everything else mm-hmm. then becomes distraction, and that leads to some problems, obviously. Uh, so, but then I but then I get to a point where I something happens. So you know, I guess you just start to get I start to get bored with that activity because I'm doing only that thing. And after three months or one month or six months, maybe uh, something else comes along. I start to get interested in that, and then I just totally abandon the old thing. Mm-hmm. not on purpose it just it just suddenly i'm so drawn to this new thing that i start only doing that and that has happened a little bit with the languages compared to music because suddenly the piano thing took off for me i started finding that you know more novel than than italian flashcards or going for a walk and listening to this italian course um and so like i started doing that and then i started playing drums again i went back to downstairs got the drum kit all tuned up set ready to go awesome. went to guitar center found some ways to kind of make it quieter so i can do it you know, more freely without worrying about disturbing the whole house. Um, and suddenly it's a real challenge for me to go do the language flashcards because it's like, I want to do this music thing instead. So I don't want to, what I need is a system that, that is, uh, you know, um, I, I would, I'm blanking on the word, but, but that goes well with this, with this way of being. Um, I don't want to happen what ha- what did happen, what I mentioned with like the Spanish, that I just started Italian and then I just left that behind completely. Mm-hmm. Like had I just done one little weekly 30-minute Spanish session per week, I would have been able to keep it up and I wouldn't have lost that ground. Um, and so the big mistake I realized that I make at the beginning of every New Year's is I, I know that I'm like this. I know that I like one thing and I just dive into it. Every, every New Year's though, I'll pick 12 things that I want to do and then I will set out some crazy schedule that has me doing all of them from the start of the year. Yeah. And it never, ever works. Like two of them might stick and then the others I'll just leave behind. So I'm trying to come up with a, a something that says, you know, maybe in this year, my goal is to do these four different things. And each of them is going to be the main focus for just one quarter of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still want to have some things that are always going in the background. Like I, I do want this kettlebells and the TRX thing that I mentioned in, in our gift guide episode. Um, like I want to get that fitness habit going and that's going to become, I hope one of these things that I can embrace as like a practice. Um, but maybe that only needs a little bit of time where it is my main focus. And then after that, you know, something else can, can move in to replace it as far as like where all my mental energy is going. But I keep with some sort of discipline, some sort of system, keep that habit in place so that I'm still doing something, not with the intensity I was doing before, but that I can keep it up. Um, 
So anyway, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I'm super interested all of a sudden in, in playing a bunch of music again. And I also want to, there's other languages that I would like to learn. Uh, and I want to maintain the ones I have. So it's, it to me feels like, like what I always do, where there's just overwhelming amount of things that I want to do. <laughs> Not to mention, uh-huh. you know, plenty of other things like spiritual practice, sort of get that. Cause I read a lot about that, but I don't have any kind of serious thing I do. Um, I would like that. I would, I have some, you know, personal relationship things. I just want to be better at. I just want to show up better at in things. Um, so I, you know, I, I have that same, I'm falling into the same pattern where I have a billion things I want to do. And I know if I try to do all of them at once, it will not work. Uh, so where I am now is trying to come up with something that says, here's, here's my plan for the year. doesn't have to be a year, but I think a year is, I just like, I like the year framework. Um, that, that allows me to, to get these, but focus on very few at a time, but then have something where I don't lose what I have been focusing on once I move on to the next thing. Okay. Two things, two things come up for me okay. as, as I'm hearing that. Um, the first is, you know, since, since like, I mean, so I guess health, you know, your life, like you can, you can argue that health is, uh, is like a long-term longevity, you know, priority, like that, that matters, you know, way beyond just, you know, achieving a certain goal. Sure. But like, uh, language or music or, you know, some other thing that you've come really into, um, you know, I, I wonder if it's really like, does it matter that much that, you know, it falls off if, if, if you're getting a lot of fulfillment from right. obsessing over Italian or piano or drums or whatever during these several months and then it falls off, like, does that really, does that really matter? That's what we asked at the beginning, right? Like, does, does it matter that I lost the Spanish if I enjoyed yeah, it so much right. during it? So same thing. You're right. Oh, but over, over multiple categories. So maybe all I need then, and maybe you were going to say this is to have one habit at all times that is my fulfillment growth progress habit. Yeah. And it doesn't matter which one it is. It doesn't matter if they come and go and get lost. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. I mean, you know, yeah. so, but so that was one thing. The other thing, if, if you were going to add a structure to it, my, um, my idea that I was going to throw out, and I obviously haven't thought any of this through, but um, if, you, if you find yourself like obsessing, you know, what you do, um, and, and that that's like a better way for you to progress than, than like, um, you know, trying to carve out a little bit of time every day or, right. or switching every, uh, you know, every day between activities or something like that, um, would be to like, to just like go all in for two weeks, you know, obsess over drums for two weeks and then say, okay, the next two weeks I'm going to, uh, obsess over piano and mm-hmm. the next two weeks I'm going to get back into my Italians. And then you're like cycling through three or four different things. Um, but allowing yourself to like really go in for those couple of weeks and then, and then have like a hard cut and move on to the next thing. If you really don't want to lose that, that type of thing. Right. I like that. I was thinking in these quarterly terms, but I think the shorter thing is actually is interesting. Um, mm-hmm. uh, shoot, I had a thought about the other thing you said, and I like that too. Um, oh, yeah. You know what it is? It's that I have, and this again was with the birthday thing from 30, to, I think about the whole 30s. Not the whole 30s. My whole 30s. <laughs> uh, I just, like, because we had an episode about, God, we've done a lot of episodes now about all these topics. <laughs> yeah. We had an episode about jazz drumming, believe it or not, on the November <laughs> yeah. And And uh-huh. what a, you know, that, of course, just being sort of a, a metaphor for uh, having a, a habit or a practice. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I remember saying something like, I'm so mad at myself that, that I haven't been playing drums for the past five years. Yeah. Because now at that point I was doing it for 30 minutes a day or something like that. And I was loving it. And I was like, man, if I had just done only this for the past five years, I'd be so good at that now. And so, but sure enough, that fell off, of course, like everything. Uh, and here I am saying the same thing. So what I don't want is to turn 50 and say, I just should have picked something while I was in my forties to really get good at instead mm-hmm. of going always back and forth between all these different things. Now, if the whole purpose is just to be fulfilled in the moment, then maybe it doesn't matter at all. Uh, and that is a good, a good question. Maybe it doesn't, that, that would be really, uh, it would be hard for me to acknowledge that and admit that and say, this is really just about the moment. None of it has to lead anywhere. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 I still, I don't know. 
just, I want so so here, here's one more question, um, and this might be impossible to answer, but you know what if you what if you said to yourself, you know, you thought to yourself, okay, when I'm 50, I really want to have gotten, you know, like if I think about everything, all my interests now that I'm kind of swapping back and forth on, you know, when I, but when I'm 50, like it would be really cool if I knew four different languages and like that was like the thing you really wanted to achieve and the drumming would be cool too and the piano and and you know right. whatever else would be cool too but like those are kind of side things what i really would want when i'm 50 is is to know four different languages so that i can um you know live in europe for however long and, and hop around and not have any problem um like what if like that was the one thing that you just were really strict on that you know, they, they, you're going to be really consistent with that. And you can obsess over the drumming, but you're still, no matter what, you're going to carve out two hours a week for language. Um, and you can obsess over running for a little while. And, but no matter what, you're going to carve out two hours a week for language. Like, for me, that's always been running. Like, you know, like, I, I can get excited about woodworking. I can get excited about disc golf. Um, but, you know, sometimes if, I, if I'm playing too much disc golf, I, I'll be like, okay, but, you, you know, you want to stay fit. You want to make sure that you're, you're able to run. Like, maybe we should go for a run today instead of going back out to the course. Um, right. And, you know, that's, that's worked out okay, I guess. But, but then, you know, now I'm not running. So, like, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, in theory, it sounds great. The, the, mm-hmm. the challenge that arises is I, I would have a tremendously hard time picking a mm-hmm. thing or even yeah. or even a couple of things, it become it would become all of them. It'd be like, well, I got ten years. I can I can do all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to just pick this one. Uh-huh. Uh, or if I could pick just one, six months in, I'd want it to be something else. Yeah, I'd yeah. I'd say no. I was wrong. It, it this is what it really is. Uh-huh. So I, I like the idea though, and I and I will definitely think more about that. And and maybe there are maybe I need to step back a little bit. Maybe it's not any one language. Maybe it's not maybe it's not even languages in general. Maybe it's learned. Maybe I want to at, at fifty have learned have known that I spent 10 years really learning a ton of stuff. I mean, well, so what, when you were, when you turned 30, was there something that you, uh, were really into then that you're now still really into? I mean, yeah. So the only thing when you, when you said running for me, it, it's honestly is food and healthy eating. And I mean, I uh-huh. like, I do plenty of cooking that is not that healthy, but it's still, it always kind of tends back towards healthy and it gets incorporated then into a healthy version that, and, and so like, that's been it. It's been, it's been that I focused on, Eating healthy, making healthy food for my family. Uh, my work is is this obviously. That's always we don't talk about it that much now. The food, but like that's still behind everything we do. Um, yeah, I mean that's it, and um, and that's great. I've, I, that certainly has has yielded a good result. I've managed to eat healthy now for for fifteen years, and eleven of them have been vegetarian, and nine have been vegan. So mm. that yeah, I mean there's there's one. Um, it's funny though, I never picked and said that's that's my thing that I'm gonna like always have. It just it just it just made yeah. itself that. Probably like running for you. It just becomes Yeah, that. right. Yeah. So anyway, uh where does that leave us? I don't know. But with lots of <laughs> things to think about for sure. Um, uh-huh. so I hope I I guess we went into this episode knowing that there would not be some result that comes from it. Uh, mm-hmm. but my hope is I like this holiday. I like New Year so much. I think there's there's always I just like people being excited and inspired about things. So my hope is that someone could listen to this and that it comes out just early enough for them to actually think some of this stuff and, and just, just to stir up some thoughts, maybe give you a few little cautions. Uh, if you see yourself falling into these, the, I guess you can call them traps that we've fallen into. Um, mm-hmm. it's hard, it's hard to say they are traps because I'm pretty happy with how things have, have gone. <laughs> so yeah, right. You know. Right. Yeah. Well, Happy New Year, Matt. Happy New Year, New Year to everybody yes. else. Definitely. This will be, we'll be entering our 12th year of Nomad Athlete. Is that right? I mean, I know it's not till March, yeah, but, like, that's right. but this will mm-hmm. be our 12th. Yeah, we, we hit 11, 11th anniversary this year. So our 12th anniversary will be in March, and then so we'll be beginning our 13th year, actually. Yeah, which Uh-oh. is incredible. It's unlucky, 13. And so I, when, unlucky was year. it 2009 that, that I started working 2009 is when Nomad Athlete began. Okay, so uh, it would have been maybe 2010. Yeah, I probably met you in in 2010 at that Veg Fest. Uh-huh. And then uh, I don't know when we started working, but we probably, oh, so we probably maybe maybe this is our 10th anniversary this year or next year would be oh, the our, podcast? our relationship. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Could be. Yeah. Wow. It's a long time. That is a long time. And and uh, and Matt, 
um, you'll be 40 by the time this goes live, or yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, you probably will be. So happy birthday. Happy birthday to me. Any Anything else that you're feeling around that that, um, that you want to share? No. I mean, like I, I assume like anybody else, I have those nights where you wake up and you're like, oh my God, I'm like... I'm, I'm gonna be dead in in this much more time added on to my life. <laughs> <laughs> or like i can't believe like this is a or you wake up and think you're 20 and then uh-huh. you realize that you no know, that's not that was that was 19 years ago now you're twice that you know i have those things that happen um but no i i think in the past five years i've just gotten a lot more comfortable and happy with how things are mm-hmm. so i don't i don't have i don't have too much in the way of regrets or fear of getting older or any of that i'm looking forward to it a lot of things are good i have i have a friend and i don't think this is you i, I think it's i i think it's someone else that i'm thinking of <laughs> that um that has one of those countdown timers on their on their or apps on their phone yeah do you know do you know this like no is it something that reminds you that you have to live for today because you only have this much time left well, so it's, I mean, it's just like you can set it for anything. So he, he sets it for like uh, if he has a race coming up or, um, I don't know, some other like big event that he wants to, has a countdown timer for the mm-hmm. 30 days till whatever. But um, he looked up, you know, like the average age, you know, like the, uh, he set it to the average length of time that someone, a male lives and he has a countdown to that. So, you know, it's like basically a countdown to but that's what it is like it's like a, you know a reminder that um you know you have thirteen thousand days only thirteen thousand days left to live or whatever. right i've heard uh similar i read an article at some point with some person who i think he was fairly old like i don't know maybe maybe 70s 80s uh and he guessed about how long he had left to live just using life expectancy or whatever and he made a big jar of marbles and the, each marble represented, I think, a, a Saturday or a weekend or something that he had. Wow. And I don't know why he was still doing weekends because I don't know if he still worked or if it was just that he had a Saturday ritual that he always did something else. But but he he just had, and you know, it, if it's 52 weeks in a year, then if you have if you have 10 years left, that's 500 marbles. If you have 20 years left, that's 1,000 marbles. But that's not that many, right? I mean, it's kind of yeah, a lot, but you can right? imagine that filling a jar in your in your desk and you can imagine seeing that jar get smaller as you take them out yeah. so i don't know i i think that stuff's really powerful i i do like that um my big out is i always think well there's a really good chance we're gonna live to be 500 with these <laughs> yeah that's, you're convinced that you're gonna <laughs> live forever so <laughs> so i don't know what you're worried about anyway right <laughs> yeah know. no I, I like that idea i think i mean i don't know i don't know how it would actually go maybe it would they do a lot of uh strange unexpected feelings <laughs> but uh <laughs> But I do like I like the idea. Uh huh. And yeah, then and then when you're things. when you're running low on marbles, you really did lose your marbles, right? <laughs> I mean, there's some sort of joke there, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, right. oh hey, one more thing, promote. Uh, we are yeah. doing eighty twenty plants, which uh, you Doug have been involved in. It's big, sort of the one of the new initiatives of the No Meat Athlete uh, team, I guess. Um, kind of a business spinoff it started a long time ago, uh, maybe two years, but in the past year we've gotten funding and it is of a much different level of seriousness than ever before. Uh, the app is really coming along nicely. We have a team of like six full timers and it's really, really something good now. Um, and it's about having people go vegan. So if you were interested in, in eating a more plant-based diet, whether that's all the way plant-based or just, you know, a lot more plant-based than you currently are, uh, or if you've got somebody else who you think that would be good for, um, or if you already eat plant-based, but you don't eat as healthy as you want to, um, this whole app is, is based and I'm, I work on this every day, the behavior change aspect. I mean, the stuff we're talking about, a lot of these things, these ideas of how do you create habits and how do you change behavior? Um, how do you set things up so that behavior change becomes automatic? If you just sort of follow these basic instructions, that's what 8020 plants is all about. Um, and it's, we're doing some really cool stuff. So anyway, there's a really good deal going on right now. Since it's New Year's, it's a perfect time to get, you know, make, make a commitment or a change like this. Um, so if you want to check it out, if you want to get in at a really, really good price um, and make 2021 as good as it possibly can be, from a diet perspective at least, I'm not going to say anything about the rest of the world, who knows, um, go to nomadathlete.com slash 8020. That's, that's the numbers 8020. nomadathlete.com slash 8020. And uh, it will redirect you over to 8020plants. Uh, and you can check out what we're doing there. Awesome. It's really exciting. I, what, uh, you know, I've been, haven't been involved in the last um, 
couple of months with 8020 as, as uh, you've been transforming a bunch of things, but uh, from the outside, uh, it looks really incredible. And I know that, you know, it was an app that I really believed in before. And now I just feel like it's to a totally new level. And so if, if you're going plant-based or if you're struggling to kind of eat a healthy life, healthy plant-based life or diet, diet then uh, go for it, man. I mean, this, yeah. this is cool. Cool. Nomadathletes.com slash 8020. And All on right. that note, happy new year. Hopefully 2021 will be a little different. Yeah. Let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> All right. Talk to you. Bye. Bye.